Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Bobby Malone, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I guess we should mention that you and I know each other uh, from the, the river, I, and I'm putting a, an emphasis on the second R, but it's really the Riva. It really is the Riva. Riva. We're probably emphasizing it too much. It's lazier than that, probably. Riva. How long have you been coming down to the river? Uh, I've been coming here for 28 years. Mm. Good time. A lot and, of good times. And you keep coming back? Come back every weekend. What is it about the river? Uh, I think it's the view, the water, the wildlife. Very nice. My kids were here since they were, they're now 36 and 34, and they've been coming down here for 30 years, roughly. And it's relaxing, right? Very relaxing. Whew, yeah, I, uh, you, you and I can see each other on weekends, and we, we both say to each other, we don't want to go back to Richmond. Right. Because we really don't. Really don't. But we do, because we got to make a couple bucks. There you go. All right, where'd you grow up? Grew up in Chesterfield County. What part of Chesterfield? Uh, near Pocahontas Park. Okay, so that western part? West, western middle part. Yes. Okay, right on. Not, yeah, mid, yeah, not yeah. Midlothian, though. No, not in Midlothian. Okay, right went, on. Went to Clover Hill High School. What'd you do when you were like 9, 10 years old? How were you spending your time? Uh, at 9 and 10, we were uh, riding motorcycles mainly and uh, playing ball. Playing riding motorcycles ball. back in the woods? Yeah. Like, like regular dirt bikes or like little kid dirt bikes? Dirt bikes. Regular dirt bikes? Regular dirt bikes. Like a 250 engine kind of thing? No, not that big. Not that big. Like, like I had a, a, a 100. Okay. Yeah. It could move fast enough. Oh, yeah. Pretty fast, especially if you're in the woods a lot. Yeah. And you trails. You'd make, did you make the trails? Oh, yeah. We did. Oh, that's we did. fun. I grew up that way, too. Yeah. I, I love doing yeah. that. Yeah. I, I, we grew up on uh, my grandparents' farms, about 100 acres. Okay. So And then we had other places we could ride on. And so when you had free time, that's what you were doing? That and played a lot of ball. Like okay. I said. What was your favorite sport? Uh, favorite sport? It was football. Why football? Uh, I think it was the team part of it and the contact part of it. The controlled aggression. Mm. It's it's very good. The controlled aggression. Control being the key word or the aggression being the key word? Control. Because okay. you can be aggressive anytime. And, kinda, and not be good. you got to kind of stay under control. Yeah, because you're not going to play well if nah. you're not a, in nah. control. No. Nah. Yeah. All right, right on. Uh, grew up next to four boys. Mm. And baseball season, we played baseball. Football season, we played football. Basketball season, we played basketball. That was normal, right? Very normal for us. And there was, was there a fourth sport you could play? Uh, no, I did not play the fourth sport. Was there one? Was There really wasn't. I mean, we had no opportunity to play lacrosse or probably yeah. would never play soccer anyway. Just a little dig there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what do you call soccer? <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'd just leave out the lane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you remember that you're being uh, recorded. That's, that's yes, good. Yes, <laughs> we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> but you can let your imagination run wild. How about that? Well, I know you well, so I've heard you say it, um, yeah. and I can also guess if I hadn't heard you say it. Okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, as I got older, we worked, uh, I had a great uncle in the cattle farm, and we hauled a lot of hay. Mm. That was at 12, 13, 14. So, hay bales, when they're wet, they are incredibly heavy. When they're dry, they're still pretty heavy. They're, they're pretty heavy. 
Well, it depends on if you're the farmer, if you're selling them or keeping them for yourself mm. to feed your own cows. Of course, if you're selling them, they're a little bit lighter. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you've, you, you, you've uh, made the bale smaller. <laughs> okay. That makes <laughs> a sense. A lot of people don't know that, but yeah. So wait a minute. They're smaller when you sell them. Yes. There's less hay there. You sell them by the bale. Got it. If Can, the farmer's keeping them, they're going to be big because he's got to pack up in his own barn to feed his own. That I never knew that. Yeah. I've been around farms and farmers most of my life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So were you moving the stuff to be sold or the stuff that was going to be kept? Both. Made a man out of you at 12 or 13, oh, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, we were hauling hay. Hauled a lot of hay. You were a big boy because of it, I imagine, I too. Was fairly big. Yep. Yeah, well, in your high school, you were telling me you were, what, 230? Yeah, I graduated about 230. How tall are you? I'm 5'10". At 5'10", 230, I, I was 6'3", a buck 95 when I graduated. Right. So you, yeah. you were thick. Yeah, it's genetics. Yeah, okay. Right on. Dad was like that? Dad, mom. Yeah, family. Okay. Big right. folks. Yeah. <laughs> Big folks, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. All right, so were, were you uh, a student? Did you like school? Uh, no. That was a pause, but not really. Okay. I like going to school so I could play ball. Gotcha. So he gave you sports. Absolutely. Young ladies were there. Yes. Um, but school, not so much. No. Did you have a favorite subject? No. Nothing was your favorite? No favorites. Did you have a least favorite? Uh, math. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody gets math. No. Struggled. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, when you were in high school and you're thinking, what, what am I going to do after school? What was in your head? Mm. Thought I was going to college. Decided not to go to college right at the last minute. Uh, had a pretty good job before I left high school uh, doing service work. What do you mean yeah, service work? Just wasn't uh, working on wood stoves, installing, okay. maintenance. Because uh, wood stoves were a thing when you were in high they school. They were very big then, yes. This yeah, I grew been, up with one. This would have been 1977, 78. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And done a whole bunch of other things since. All right. All right. So <laughs> you were going to go to college. Yeah. Can you talk about what happened? I just, uh, I think I didn't have a clear understanding of the, the college schedule. I kind of felt like, and really nobody never talked to me about it, that I'd had enough of high school from eight to three or whatever. And <clears throat> in my mind, that was the structure of college. Mm. College, yeah. Yeah, if I'd have known I could have slept in until 11 and then went to my first class, I might have thought differently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could pick all afternoon classes <laughs> right. if you wanted. Right. Of course, yeah. you'd get tired of that too after yeah. a while. So maybe it wasn't that important to me because I didn't ask the right questions or have the understanding. I'm not sure I knew much going into school myself. Yeah, it's, uh... yeah but it is different. It's not nearly as structured. Right. You kind of got to do your own thing. And if you're not independently disciplined, you're, you're not going to do it. Right. But, you you know, back to school, uh, I really didn't apply myself as I should have. But I did have an understanding that if you attend school every day and turn all your work in, it's geared to be a CB student. Mm. Easy enough. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, the way I looked at it. Yeah. Apply yourself, turn all your work in. Attend school, which that's where sports is a big part of it because you had to attend school. 
Right. If you weren't going to splash, uh, you weren't playing sports. Uh, if you missed a day of school during, during, during the football week, you didn't get to play. Mm. Maybe if you bought a doctor's note, you know. But, no, you didn't get to play. But you couldn't school. pull that a lot. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, all right, so let's go back to motorcycles. Uh, what's the craziest thing you've ever done on a motorcycle? I uh, tried to go across a creek with four sheets of plywood in the snow <laughs> and ended up in the creek wait, with a motorcycle. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, hold on, hold on. What do you mean four pieces of plywood? <laughs> we had uh, cut down two trees and laid them across the creek <laughs> and literally nailed four, four by eight. That's how long the bridge was. And uh, uh, actually uh, – Got about halfway across and slipped off and went down about six feet, mm. dropped into the creek. And it was snowing when I did it. So, yeah, it wasn't good. Six foot drop's a pretty big yeah. drop, especially with a motorcycle. motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wait a minute. What, what gave way? Did the board slip? No, I just slid off. It was slick, icy, the plywood. Oh, so you didn't follow the path because could, you couldn't follow it. There was no path. It was just sheets of plywood. It was slick. <laughs> Were you the first one to go across? I was by myself. So I pushed the bike up the creek bank and to the top of the hill and left it and walked back home. Mm. You ever been seriously hurt on a motorcycle? Uh, Yes, I have dislocated my shoulder. Mm. Yeah. Flew over the handlebars. Handlebars down into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. That was on a 175 Yamaha. The one, the front uh, wheel hit something? Actually, it was uh, my brother in law's brand new 175 Yamaha, like first day. And, uh, and, and he let you ride it. Yeah, we had a few repairs to do after that. <laughs> well, well, you've always—I imagine you've always been pretty handy, like around cars, motorcycles, nah, houses. Don't, don't not, like, not really. Don't like car. No. Really? Never, no. I have. I put a transmission in the car by myself. Well, I mean, come on, that's pretty. Ha- that's pretty handy. But I was young, and, and it's something I would stop doing when I was twenty-five. I just do not like it. Yeah. You, not, why'd not you do car, it? I think. Why'd you do it in the first place? I didn't have any money. Because you needed to. I needed to. Okay. Actually, I had a 270 Monte Carlos, and between the two of them, I would keep one of them running. Okay. You, you, I had to you'd move parts between the two? Oh, yeah. I had to take transmission out of one and put it in the other. And actually, the one that, the, after I took the transmission out, I really don't know what happened to the car, because as I got older, I left, left home, and the yeah. car was in the back. And I really don't know what happened to the car. Huh. That one. Your dad do, or your mom or dad do something with it? I don't know. I really don't. I don't know if it got sold. Or my mom just said, hey, I'm going to get somebody to tow this thing out of here. I really don't know. So you took a transmission out of one car, put it in another. Did you have to read up to figure that out, or did you have people around you that knew how Generally, to do it? Generally, if you take something apart, you can put it back together if you remember how you took it apart. You can do that. I can't do that. And I did it on my chest laying on the ground. So, Oof. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did do that. That, uh... Doesn't sound like something. I'd do I'd, a brake job or you know something, but uh, that ended early in my life because I do not like working on cars. So you've done a few things on cars you just don't like it. <laughs> I yeah. have no desire. Don't want to do it. I have my son's a very good mechanic, so I lean on him. Okay, hey, your your son's very handy. Yes, he is. Like, is there anything he can't do? Uh, is there anything he can't do? I don't think so, but. I kind of knew it at a big early age because he would always be taking stuff apart mm. and putting it back together. You know, even something simple as a clock, he would want to know how it works. You know, he's just curious. Always curious about how things worked. Huh? Very strong in math, which I think is uh, a part of the mechanical part of it because it's the problem solving. Where did he get the math uh, gene from? Uh, I don't know that. It must be a recessive gene. It might have skipped, skipped a couple <laughs> of generations. But yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. All right, so you didn't go to college. No. And you had to get a job. I got a job. Uh, it sounds like you had a few jobs. I've had a few jobs. Yes. So you, you were just doing whatever paid you for a bit? Well, I, uh, let's see. My sister and I opened up a photography studio in 1980. We ran that for a couple of years. And then I got a job with Reynolds Metals, and I left. And we closed that down, and I went to work at Reynolds Metals. Let's go back to photography studio. <laughs> Why a photography studio? Uh, my, my sister was into photography, and she actually worked at the mall at the children's photography booth. Okay. I don't know. Which I mall? Don't know. It was Cloverleaf. Okay, yep. And, uh, but that's kind of my personality, too. You know, I didn't know anything about photography. I did once we rented a building and started doing it. Right. But, uh, like family portraits, that kind of stuff? Mainly, we were doing uh, Little League's team portraits and okay. stuff. Yeah, yeah, mainly, yeah. but we could do family portraits. We could do pretty much. We did a lot of weddings. Making money? No. Why, why doesn't that kind of thing make money? Uh, one thing was uh, bad location. Uh, another thing was just a lack of understanding of how to run a business. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And unless it's somebody hard. shows you the way, it's hard to pick it up on your own. It, it is. It's just uh, marketing is the biggest thing. How do you market your business or yourself? Yeah, and the internet wasn't around back then. No internet, and uh, it's definitely not true. It takes money to make money. I don't believe that at all. Mm. It helps. Certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, I think when you 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 have to also go into your sphere of people, and it's kind of hard when you're running a business at 20 years old to go into your sphere of people because most of them are scrambling. They don't have any money. They're just starting out. Right. As you get older, you open up your sphere, you know, the people like you. Or, I, I don't know. Maybe you know this. I'm going to ask you a question. They, sure. They say everybody knows at least 100 people maybe. Okay. And then if them 100 people know 100, know 100 people. people. Yeah, the math is staggering, right? So it's about networking. Absolutely. It's about using the people around you. You and I are not young and anymore. And not, not using them in a bad way. Uh, oh, it, it's supposed to be uh, mutual, right? It's, it's they, mutual. they help you, you help them. One thing I've learned is you have to constantly tell people your intentions mm. because people forget. Right. Uh, being in real estate, you know, I know lots of times people don't think about you because they got so much other things going on in their life and their sister needs to sell their house and they don't say, well, hey, let me let, me let you talk to Bobby Millett. Right. It just goes by them, you know. So it's about staying in front to people, too. Right. And the constant reminder. Yeah. And there's a book called Oh, By the Way. It's a very good book. And Oh, By the Way is is a, just a great opening statement to anybody. Oh, by the way, don't forget about me. Right. You know, I'm selling real estate or I'm making a widget. But you tell them every time you see them. Yeah. Yeah. And they will. Your friends and family will. Your friends and family will work for you. However, I have been told in life, too, that your friends and family will wish you well, but not real well. That's that's my family. And, 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 <laughs> and, and as, as I've gotten older, uh, I can kind of agree with the statement sometimes. Yeah, your, your point about networking, uh, I wish I really understood it when I was in my 20s. I, I didn't have a real appreciation for it probably right. until I was in my mid to late thirties and I didn't get really good at it until my mid to late forties. And I'm, I'm getting better all the time. And I wish I was as good 
then in my 20s as, as I am now. But yeah, it, it is, unless you're sitting in a lab or you're, or you're making a widget in, right. in a warehouse somewhere, yeah, networking is huge. Right. It's very big. Yeah. That's cool. And, you, and people will think about you if you present yourself correctly. I like, oh, by the way, that's going to stick with me. Okay. I love it. All right. So Reynolds, mm-hmm. what, what, what were you doing at Reynolds uh, at worked, first? Uh, worked in the factory, ran equipment, uh, worked in five different departments over my tenure there. Uh, in the last seven years, I was uh, hourly foreman. Well, let's back up. When you said you were running equipment, were you standing still working on a machine or were you moving stuff around or what? Moving stuff. Okay. Some of both. Some of both. But, yeah, mainly producing. What were you producing in that place? Oh, I started out Reynolds Wrap in the Reynolds Wrap division. All right. You got to tell me how Reynolds Wrap is made. How Reynolds Wrap's made? Yeah. Or just I aluminum full beer. I podcast is that long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, our cold roll came from Arkansas. Okay. And uh, cold roll is just a bunch of aluminum. It's rolled up. Yes. Okay. And uh, it came in at mm, I can't remember all the gauges in there. I think it came in at oh four five, and then we would continually pass it through the rolling mill, which would take it down, make it, it out. slightly thinner each time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. To the point that it was more pliable than it was when it was in the roll. It becomes a little less pliable. But remember, you're pulling it through the mill. Uh, L mill, that was a finished mill where if you go buy a box of Reynolds wrap, that's the gauge you're buying once it comes through that mill. Okay. It had 7,000 horsepower. It uh, ran a 73-inch sheet, two rolls on the back. The rolls were 35,000 pounds apiece. <laughs> and, uh, that's crazy. And it cruised at about... 4,000 feet a minute. Now, the problem was, was the fire. I'm, ha- I'm having trouble wrapping my head around what you're saying. <laughs> it's amazing. It was how, how big, how big was the location where you were? Oh, uh, it was massive. Like tens of thousands of square feet. Oh yeah. 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 4,000 yeah, You would have to see it happen. Four, did you say 4,000 or 400 feet per minute? 4,000. It cruised at 4,000. You were about to, you said fire and then I uh, said, fire I was the biggest thing because you have to have oil to, to reduce metal. Actually, there's a split second when it goes to the rolls in the machine. There are backup rolls and there's work rolls. The backup rolls are forty thousand pounds a piece. The work rolls are twenty thousand pounds a piece. And uh, you're creating so much heat between the rolls because as you roll it through there, you can't. If you were pulling on it, it would make it narrow, and it can't be narrow when it comes out the front. Mm. There's a split second it solidifies when it's in the bite of the rolls. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's so hot in there. Right. Then there are impurities in aluminum, such as steel, and if you got a little piece of steel in there and it hit the rolls and threw a spark, then you would have a fire. Like an out-of-control fire? or Yeah, we had CO2 that dumped on them. Yeah. But you had to evacuate the building because it dumped so much CO2. How many times did the CO2 turn on when you worked there? Uh, Hopefully, the first CO2 hit would put it out, but then you had to fight it by hand. Did that happen a lot? Well, uh, yes. (laughs) Yes, it did. Yeah, and it's still happening today, you think? Or they oh, I'm sure it still happens in rolling mills. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The average person doesn't understand. 
any of what you just said. I could understand that. You would have to see it to believe it. It's pretty amazing. How do you move the rolls? Cranes. Whew. But you're inside? Mm-hmm. You, so it's a, it's tall, too. It's like, what, 80 feet tall? I'm taller than that. 120 feet tall? Probably. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. What was the best part of that job? Uh, I'm, I'm talking about before you were a foreman. The benefits. Okay. All right. I mean, that's why a lot I mean, of people I mean, that was work. the best part of the job. And uh, On a day-to-day, though, actually doing the work, what was the best part? It wasn't good. <laughs> No, it wasn't good. What was the worst part? The worst part? Lack of sleep, because I worked graveyards. Did you work? How many years were you there? I was there 23 years. For the first 17, I worked 11 to 7s. 11 p.m. to 7 a.m.? But one year, I worked 1,080 hours of overtime, which is another half a year. I was going to say, it's another 50% on top of the year. Well, one thing uh, Reynolds Metals knew, they were... They were cheaper to just work you than to hire somebody. And because then you don't have to pay them the benefits package, the vacation. Right. They're cheaper to pay the overtime. Right. And it was always overtime. It's a lot of overtime. It is. So you were working 11 p.m. to? We generally work 12 or 16 hours when we would work. Five days a week? Seven. Seven days a week? When I came out of training, I worked 36, 12-hour days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> are the rules different now? Uh, probably so. I would imagine they are. I would imagine so. Yeah. Jake was around when you were working these crazy hours. Your son. He was. So you never saw him. Never saw the kids. I worked the three eleven shift for six months, and I just could. I I don't. I had to, but uh, despised it. Never saw the family. You know, it's a, it's a tough shift to work with children. Yeah. It's a really tough shift. Yeah. Uh, what can you talk about the craziest thing that ever happened? The craziest? I did fall at Alcoa. It was pretty crazy. I fell 19 feet, and uh, I'm what, still here. What'd you land on? Uh, I landed in a pit where the oil recycled to go through the mills. Yeah. What, what do you mean? You landed in oil? It wasn't pipes and oil. Yeah, I was a little beat up and bruised. <laughs> <laughs> Only bruised, though. But I had some stitches, yeah. But you didn't break anything? Didn't break anything. No. 19 feet? 19 feet. Were there rails where you were? In the, in no, it was a plate that, that retracted when the coils would come in. And there were three plates that slid over one another. Well, when they retracted back, two of them hung together, which made about an 18-inch hole. Mm. And when you finish a roll, the metal's laid on the floor, and I stepped on the metal to bend it and went through the floor. Oh. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. It's not good at all. No, it wasn't good. How long were you out of work? Oh, what? They wouldn't let you be out of work. <laughs> They'd send a taxi to get you. They were Wait not going to have a lost time accident. Wait, you worked 17 years on the night shift. Yeah. What years were these? 80 to? Oh, 82 to 2000, probably. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Are, are, are you a better, better person for having worked all that? Uh, I think I appreciate things more. I was going to say. Because when you work hard, but I did always try to save some money. Yeah. So, uh, 23, <laughs> was being a foreman harder or easier? Uh, I enjoyed it because I enjoyed people. Yeah. Uh, what is it about people that you enjoy? Uh, what makes them tick. Mm. 
You like to psychoanalyze. Well, it's not the psycho part. It's some employees you can pat them on the back. Some you got to browbeat a little bit. And some you just got to tell them they did a good job. Something generally makes somebody. Uh, Everybody's got something except the sociopaths. Yeah. Something makes them feel good about themselves. Or gets gets some moving. Yeah. Sometimes you can. Yeah, they're a little grumpy at eleven o'clock at night when they've been up drinking <laughs> beer and watching football all day. <laughs> wait, so, wait a minute. So you were for, when you were foreman, you were working night shift too. Yeah, you did twenty three years of night shift. Right at the end, I was on day work for like two years. I worked night shift three months in the summer after one of my uh, college years, and I thought that was crazy. I, I now I guess once you get used to it, there's no getting used to it. Really, you it's never got used a lot to of it. sleep deprivation. So when did you sleep? Did you could you sleep when you got home from work or? Well, both my children were very active in sports, and uh, generally during the week, I would try to stay on a uh, go to sleep when I got home and get up in the evening so I could see the children have dinner. Yeah, weekends were really tough. What, like, what was tough about weekends? Uh, get off at seven in the morning. Oh, because they were going at, at nine o'clock game. in the morning. I yeah. coached both my children the whole time they played rec. So ball. you went some days without sleep. Oh yeah. Oh, two hours of cat nap. Yeah. Cat nap ain't enough. No. Nah, but, I, yeah. Yes. Mm. Correct. No sleep. I did go days with no sleep. But so, the body, the human body will, will... It will adapt, but you're not supposed to be doing that stuff long term. <laughs> nah. But it's the human body will do amazing things if you will yourself to do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh so in a typical work week, when you're working seven days a week, how many total hours of sleep are you getting in a week? Is it like four times seven? If I'm working seven, maybe 25. I mean, most people get that in three, de- three yeah. nights. Yeah. But we had ball games. I mean, it, what the hard thing was you get off at seven, you come home, you get home at uh, eight, you want to shower, you want to eat, and then your child has a ball game at three o'clock. So you have four or five hours of sleep. You get up to go to the ball game. You get home at seven. Well, you got to leave back for work at ten. So everybody wants to, you know. And I'm not a nap person. I never took naps. Whatever yeah. I slept during the day, that was it. You were. I could never lay back down. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the sun's up when you're trying to sleep. And back then there there weren't these blackout curtains <laughs> like they have now. So the sun was creeping into wherever you were, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's a funny story. I, that first house we had was a cinder block house. Had no heat in it, uh, no kitchen cabinets. Uh, there was nothing cute about it. It was affordable. Uh, my ex-wife was in college. And uh, I uh, had a window unit in the bedroom, and I had black shades. So the window unit was a nice hum. And, uh, oh, I the love shades the hum. The hum's great. Turned black. So no, no sunlight so was getting in. Well, one day I'm sleeping. I wake up and I'm very hot, extremely hot. Well, I had plugged the uh, AC unit in on an extension cord because the house was so old. It only had like two receptacles in the whole house. <laughs> I hear this humming and I'm, I'm sweating profusely. And I look over and my AC unit's gone. Well, this thing fell out the window and just lay it outside running. <laughs> so I had to get up, go outside, shove it back in the window, and I went back to sleep. How did it uh, fall out? The I, window I, wasn't closing the off windows or The windows wouldn't close right. They would. They were just old. Yeah. Yeah. It really happened. Oh. I woke up and it, it was very strange when I woke up because I heard the humming 
but it was like it was far away, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason you got up is because it was too hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So shoved it back in the window and went back to sleep. So, cup more. so 23 years of that, it, at what point did you say, maybe I should do something different? Or or the benefits that good and the pay was that good that you uh, just toughed it out? Well. I'm going to get us another couple pops. Okay. You want me to yeah, keep, keep talking? Going, keep talking. I'm listening to you. <laughs> so can you ask, the, your question was, when did I decide it was too much? Yeah. Well, the nice thing about working there, the uh, package was 30 years and out. So I went to work there when I was 21. Okay. So at 51, I would have packaged, retired, you know, out. Right. But the, I think as I got into the 20 years over that 20 year hump, I, I got to thinking, well, my pension's so bad. We did not have a nice pension. You're going to have to explain what a pension is for our younger uh, A pension body. would be your severance for working somewhere, which, you know, I understand a lot of people don't get that anymore. But they're stacking up money. They're stacking up money for every year's service that you would get monthly. Yeah. So I think in my head, I really got to thinking, you know, I see so many people in here working with 40 and 45 years service because their pension wasn't enough for them to live on. So, and you, you, what are you going to do? You have to go get another job anyway till you reach 62 for right. Social Security to bridge you over. So I decided to change careers. So you were at what, year 21, 22, and you're like, I got to do something different? That was my year of service. No, I was uh, 45. You're 45 years old, but it was in your 21st, 22nd year. It was about year. 20, yeah, yeah. With about, yeah, probably about 20. Yeah, I decided this really, I need to do something different because I can't stay here for 40 years. And was the idea that you were going to go to a place that was a, a big, giant company that had benefits and paid you, or were you going to be more entrepreneurial? Well, I do have another kind of funny story. I did, uh, uh, I did get called to personnel one time because I applied for a job that was in the paper and it was actually where I was working. <laughs> you, you, you were yeah, acting like you- just said manufacturing job, 20 to $25 an hour. I'm like, I'm applying. <laughs> didn't say the name of the company. No, it did not say the name of the company. So yeah, I got called up personnel for that, but it was all okay, I guess. Well, cause you were cheaper than bringing another person on, yeah. right? Yeah, well, I guess. Was, they weren't going to do anything anyway. It was the irony of it, I guess, you know, to say, hey, you applied for a job here and you already work here, you know. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. You but can't that, apply for that. that job, but you go through an internal process, right? You don't go through the paper typically. If you no, try to get another this, job. I can't company. remember what year this was. Uh, actually, when I went to work there, the, the day I went down to put my application in, there was probably 300 people in a line. Mm. Man. Yes, waiting outside just to get in the door. But you got to remember, that was, we were having a little recession then. That was 81. Yeah, that's right. You know, and uh, I didn't feel the recession like you did because I was, you I was probably still in school. You probably weren't here. No, 81. I was, I was 12 years old. <laughs> okay, yeah, you'd be feeling the recession already 12. I, I mean, I might have felt it in weird ways, but I didn't know what was going yeah. on. So I, for me, it was, uh, I was on a computer one night and I was, I don't own a computer now. This was when I was younger. This is late 90s? 
Yeah, I was on a computer and I saw uh, where you could sign up for a long and foster real estate class, and I signed up. And, and you've been doing it ever since, took, right? Yes, took the class, did fine in the class. At that time, I had no intentions of really leaving. And that's friends of mine who are in real estate, and they told me to come on with them, so I left my job and went into real estate. It's a pretty big risk. Big risk. Because you still had bills. You still I had like all every... my bills and everything. Yep. How how long did did it take for you to feel like you could really make a go of it in real estate? Yep. Three months. Oh, is that quick? Yes, it was good. Was the market right? The market was right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That would have been in '05. Would 04. you Would you recommend getting into real estate to anybody? I I would. Uh, but you would need to come talk to me first. Just so you could, you could explain the... People think of real estate as somebody helping you buy or sell a house, but there are a lot of other things, ways to make money within the body of real estate. Hmm. As a, I think property management is, is, is very good. Very good. Okay. But you got to have a license to have, you know, and, and again, having a real estate license allows you to do a lot of things other than helping buyers and sellers. And so, and you're you're still doing most of those aspects to real estate. No, I pretty much uh, my license is in referral status. I'm trying to retire. Ah, got you. Yeah. Well, you're still a young man, Bobby. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're, we're down here at the river. We'll come back to real estate in a minute. We're down here at the river, and uh, I have benefited from being near you because you garden. We'll use the word garden oysters. And they are fantastic. And the irony for you is you don't really eat them. You'll, if you fry them up, you'll eat them, but you don't eat them roasted typically. You certainly aren't going to eat them raw. I'll eat them in any form. I, I love oysters. Uh, can you walk through the process of taking little babies, tiny little what, one millimeter by one millimeter, to what we, uh, we enjoy from time to time at the river? I'm thinking here for a second. No, you're good. I don't good. know where to start. You're good. Uh, the baby oyster is called a spat, but the spat comes from a larvae. And actually, uh, I have to buy the spat. Uh, when I buy the spat, 70,000 are about the size of a softball. They're almost microscopic. Almost. You, you can technically see them with a the naked eye but yeah barely. but you gotta think 70,000 of them are the size of a softball it's hard to fathom it is it is and I've made what you call a weller so they go in the weller which it, it takes the creek water out of the creek and they're in a contained area and and, 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 but just to back up real quick okay. when you say creek we're talking about salt water yeah yeah and it actually uh the faster the water moves around the oyster, the faster it grows. So if you push the water by them, they grow a lot faster. This allows me to push a lot of volume of water by them because they are a filter feeder. They feed, they open up. That's how they feed. Mm. The more water goes through them when they open up, the uh, faster they grow. And then they'll come out of the weller at about a quarter of an inch and they go in cages. Uh, there's a whole lot more going on here, but I would be here uh, for a very long time. <laughs> Another six hours. And yeah. the cages are meshed to the size of the oysters, so they will go in like an eighth-inch cage, which will hold them, maybe 200 to the cage, 
then as they grow, they have to come out of that cage into a quarter inch cage, you know, if they're three eight size. And they just go in larger cages. And then they, uh, there's four movements of the cages for me. Right. And uh, in the end, they go in the last cage. It takes them about 12 months at that point to mature out. So you can go tiny, almost microscopic to uh, an edible oyster. In about know. 18 months because of the water flow. Uh, where my oysters are, the water flows very well, but it's not real fast. Now, I probably should have asked you this question before we started recording because I'm going to sound stupid here for a second. When they grow, there's the part that you eat that's inside, but the the shells are also growing as well, right? Yes. Which I, I don't – can you explain that process? Uh, I really can't. I can't uh, – I would assume it's probably calcium, and it would be like any other, I guess, uh, crustacean. It's going to grow the shell around it okay. as it grows. It's there to protect it. It's just for protection. Yeah. The, the, uh, don't know all the exact statistics, but I do know in the in the 20s, we we have somewhere around only from 1920 to now, we only have about 10% of the wild population, mm. which it's pretty been pretty devastated. That sounds uh, crazy. It is. It is. They say the oysters used to filter the whole bay and all the contributaries every 48 hours. Every drop of water went through an oyster. Oh, my god! That's gosh. how many oysters there were. And we've lost 90% of what we've we had? We've lost 90%, yes. Can we get it back? Well, people are doing the agriculture, aquaculture, and uh, we can. We've introduced some other oysters from other countries, which generally doesn't work. It did not work very well. They bought an Asian oyster here. And uh, did not work work very well. They are prone to disease. Uh, one of the one of the problems too is uh, the uh, the rays, the stingrays. Mm. That's number one on their diet, and they eat a lot of the wild oysters. And the stingray has no natural predator, so the stingrays do whatever. Right, nothing's going to attack stingray. And they try to introduce them to the food market and they really don't catch on in the food market. So that is one of the problems with the wild ones. Is that what's happened here, you think? I don't think so. I I, I can't really answer that question. I don't know if it's overconsumption or they are coming back, but a lot of it's the ones that are being raised in captivity or, or aquaculture. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm not sure which ones I'm, I'm eating when I'm out at a restaurant, uh, am I eating the ones that are man-made essentially? Sit. Uh, you very well could be. I you probably am well if it's. Or, you know, or you could eat a wild or dredged oyster. I couldn't answer that question. Yeah, but it sounds like uh, in order to keep oysters as prevalent as they are in restaurants and in markets, that right. you, you've got to have a ton of right. the aquaculture. But you got to remember too, we were only talking about. I was speaking of the Chesapeake Bay. Mm. Lots of times when you eat a oyster here, it might be a Louisiana oyster or a Gulf oyster. So doesn't seem right. The 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 lack of the population in the bay, I think, doesn't happen in other places. Uh, you've told me before that people will come from all over to eat oysters that are from basically where you and I are right now. Right now. And why is that? The flavor. It's just a unique, unique, very good flavor. The salinity is pretty unique and it holds very well. 
if you get a real salty oyster, it probably came from the ocean because the ocean salinity is higher. Right. We have a, a, I don't know exactly what the salinity averages here, but uh, I, I know if anybody's listening to those, our area here, uh, the oyster really won't grow north of the Tappahannock Bridge because the mm. water's not, uh, the salinity's not high enough. It's almost fresh water. It's almost fresh water, yeah. yes. So as you come down the river, the oysters get saltier. Yeah. In the spring, if you have a lot of fresh water that washes in, they're less salty. Because, again, they're filter feeders. Right. They're just opening up and taking it. So do you enjoy gardening oysters? I do. But I enjoy gardening in the dirt, too. So you just enjoy gardening, period? Period, yes. You like taking something from a seed or from a microscopic organism to a point where it becomes right. useful for humans. Because we're going to garden this summer, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we got a little patch out back, right? <laughs> yeah. You said something about squash, tomatoes, butter beans, and green beans, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. All yeah. right. I mean, I'll eat all, all that. In. Yeah. All right. Especially if I ain't got to do a whole lot. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'll do whatever you need me to do. Okay. You just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Okay. That sounds good to me. All right. What's the coolest thing uh, you've ever seen in, in the water? Like, we, we get dolphins around here from time to time. I think that's cool. Uh, the coolest thing I've seen in the water. I, I have to think about it for a moment, but I did lift the crab pot, and you wouldn't think it here. I picked the crab pot up. It was like a three-foot shark on top of the crab pot. What? And he slivered off, yes. A shark? Shark, yes. What, what kind of shark? It's probably just sand shark, yes. Can sand sharks hurt people? No. So, like, if, if I have a nephew, when he was a lot younger... He was worried about sharks getting up the rivers in Virginia, and uh, we had to convince him like they, they just don't like the water inland like that for various reasons. But he said he that didn't register for him. He said, "Look, I know where the ocean is, and you can go from the ocean into the bay, mm-hmm. and then you can go from the bay into the rivers." He goes, "What's stopping them from coming?" He was scared that a great white shark was going to come up in here and get him. I could pretty much say there's probably never been a great white shark in the Rappahannock River. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that it hasn't. There's something about, we were talking about salinity earlier. It's probably something to do with salinity, I'm guessing. Possibly, but I don't think so. But still a a sand shark. Yeah, it was pretty cool. (laughs) It did have a a sea turtle in here for a couple years. Really? Which was way cool. And the funny thing was, I saw even everybody, you know, my family's like, oh, no, 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 no. So the whole year goes by. I saw him twice that year, but then the next year my mother saw it. So I had some believers then. And when you saw it, was it like swimming at the No, nah, I saw his neck, just his neck at the end of my, my mother's pier. His neck was sticking out the water. So I could imagine as big as his table. His neck was that bigger. Uh, and just so, for our listening audience, the table's what? Uh, four, circle? Four is, foot circle. Yeah. Yeah. A diameter of about four feet, yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> When you saw it the first time, did you know right away what it was? No, 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 I thought it was a stick, and I kept looking at it, and then he popped his head down, and I'm like, that's a sea turtle, and it was a sea turtle. Yeah, I mean, that's a cool. that's a giant Never turtle. saw his body, but I saw his neck, and he was big. That's very, crazy. Very big, yeah. So, are you going to say turtle, or are you going to say sand shark? What's your answer? Uh, the, the turtle was probably pretty cool. The yeah. shark's a shark. I've caught sharks right at the mouth of the river. So. I've, I've never seen either one uh, this part of the world. Yeah. Uh, so my answer is still dolphins. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, what about the coolest bird you've seen around here? Bird. Bird. Because remember the uh, last two falls ago, there were all those white birds on that 
tree yeah, with no leaves. The righty grid step very Oh, pretty. my gosh. It's it was beautiful. gorgeous. Yeah. The birds are nice. I love the eagles here. Yeah, we get bald eagles flying around here pretty, and, uh, pretty constantly. We, we have the uh, – yeah, the eagles are good. I, I would say it was the eagles. They're very pretty. The osprey are pretty cool, too. The osprey are cool, yeah. Yeah, the gray heron are pretty. We actually have some nesting right next to our house on the top of the pine tree. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. And they're not small birds. No. no. And they just roll up to the yeah, top of the tree, do I their think thing. this is like the fifth year. Yeah, we saw them uh, uh, earlier. It was yesterday or earlier yeah, today. Yeah. Going yeah. into the nest. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, or what about land animal around land here? Animal. Uh, I saw a rabid fox last summer. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Right, right. It was wobbling like it was drunk. Yeah. On the road. We do have a muskrat that sp- swims by every now and then. You haven't seen him yet, but he will swim by. Uh, he was here three weeks ago, and I saw him one day like four times. Actually, he was living in the ditch right here. Really? Yeah. He like yeah. So uh, see the muskrat every now and then. Not a land animal, but anyhow, just you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of deer, which is good, except for our garden. You know, they go eat our. They go tear our garden up. I think so. And you're yeah. saying that we shouldn't put a fence up. No, we we can't. We have to use our time wisely. But they need to eat too. So, uh, so we're feeding. The, we'll get some pictures of the deer or something. We're feeding you know, ourselves we're feeding and we're feeding the, the, the deer. If they leave anything. Are we worried about rabbits? Uh, sure. We got a lot of rabbits this year. Yeah, I I've saw four yesterday at one yeah, time. They're yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so back to real estate. If I'm 25 years old and I can, I'm, I'm a pretty smart person. I can do a, a few different things. Should I just jump into real estate? I, I don't think it's somewhere you can do part-time. Uh, I think you have to be passionate about it. Again, if you're working with buyers and sellers, uh, a lot of people think that, you know, there's a, they just think you go out here and you make his check, you know, and it's just not that easy. It, 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 you put a lot of time into it. When I was doing real estate really hard, it was 60, 78 hours a week. Mm. And you're at, you, people want you when they're off, you know, they want Which means you nights they, and, nights and weekends. Oh, you're going to work nights and weekends. Yeah, you're going to work evenings because people get off work at five. They want to go see a house. Right. You know, Saturday they want to see a house. Sunday they want to see a house. Very time consuming. So day to day, are you slow eight to five kind of thing? And then it picks up at night? Eight to five is back where we talked earlier about networking. Mm. You're working your sphere of people. You're calling people you might not talk to in a year or have lost contact. Hey, you know, hey, how you doing? Da, da, da. I'm in the real estate now, you know, think about me. Yeah. So, so a lot of that time is, is thinking about networking. Yes. All right. Some, some of your stories that you've told me uh, off recording are not meant for the recorded landscape. We're, we're not going to, I'm not going to ask you to tell all your stories or, or uh, some of the stories that weren't meant for uh, prime time. But you were telling me the other day about your ABCs. Can you tell that story? I, I, I have a little hard time saying my ABCs. Like I say, uh, school wasn't a priority to me, and maybe that has nothing to do with it. But, but I can sing them very well. Uh, a, B, C, D, F, G. Well, I had a little incident with the policeman one so, night. So wait a minute. As long as you have a little tune to it, as long as it has a little yeah, as long rhythm. As I can hit them all. But, and, uh, but just speaking it plainly. I, I struggle a little bit. Anyhow. You're the only person I've ever heard like that. Well, maybe I'm a 
little special day. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you're saying. So, do you, would you like me to go over my story? Yeah, absolutely, uh, please. Yeah. So, uh, hello. I was probably like uh, maybe 18. Had a little incident with the police one night. He decided to pull me over for drag racing, which I don't know how he knew was drag racing because I was beat so bad. The other car was already gone. <laughs> and uh, so, he was very nice. He pulls me over and asked for my driver's license and registration. I handed it to him. So then he goes back, comes back, and he asked me to step out the car, and I did. And, and he said, have you been drinking? I said, well, I did have two beers at Pizza Hut. And he's like, well, everybody tells me they've had two beers. So the answer could be anywhere from two to whatever. <laughs> two, yeah. no, well, it's generally one or two. Nobody says, oh, yeah, I've had 15 beers. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished off a 12-pack. Which yeah. really, I'd only had two beers. And uh, he said, well, I'm going to have to do a little field sobriety test on you. I said, well, that's fine. He said, can you uh, say your ABCs? I said, no. I said, but I could sing them. So I commenced to singing my ABCs. And he started laughing, of course. And he let me go, long story short. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they make you do them backwards or something. I would have been in real big trouble doing say. them backwards, yeah. Because yeah. I imagine you can't sing them backwards. Yeah. Either. So, uh, yeah, got got off of that. With different time, though. Probably nowadays you wouldn't. Yeah. But he told me to. He said, let the little lady drive. And I don't want to see you driving again tonight. And you go all home. I said, well, thank you, sir. Right so, on. Yeah. All right. Well, can we go back to the garden? What do you need me to do for the garden? Because I, I, I told you I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I just want you to uh, – I'm considerably older than you, so I'm trying to pass a legacy on here. I just want you to pay attention. <laughs> so you want me to learn a couple of things? Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I Anytime can I can enhance anybody's life in any way. I can do that. I mean, you might be back here 25 years from now, and I might be gone, you know, wherever we I go. I might be gone, too. And you might say, damn, Bob showed me how to do this. That'd be good. I told you. I, I had a guard when I was a kid. but, yeah, I, but you wasn't painted. I wasn't painted. I didn't have a clue what I was yeah, doing. Yeah, I know. At, at 10, 11, 12, you, you just do it because your parents tell you to do you it. You don't want to be in trouble. Nah, yeah, you don't want to be in trouble. Exactly. All right, right on. All right, uh, I got a fun question for you that Kevin – who you know is the guy who thinks indigenous people live across the water here. <laughs> He's got this question that he asks when he joins me for the podcast, and he'll uh, his question is this. You've got a talk show. It's your talk show, but you only have one show, so you got to make it the best show ever. But it can be for humanity. It can be just for you. Uh, you're going to have a few guests on. Uh, they can be alive or dead. They can be famous, not famous. They can be related to you, a friend of yours, whatever you want it to be. Um, you're going to have a male guest, a female guest, music group or solo musician. Uh, and if you have a favorite comedian, you can throw him or her in. Uh, uh, I would love my son to be sitting there. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. I, I'm not copying out there. That would be really good. All right. So he's your male guest. My, he's my male guest. All right. I like that. He would be great. Uh, a female guest? <sighs> I would l love for Hillary Clinton to be sitting there. Okay. It'd be awesome because I have some questions to ask her. <laughs> Maybe. You, you just want some information. And I, yeah, just information. Nothing political or nothing at all. Yeah. You, you, you're on <laughs> a fact-finding mission. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Jake and Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, yeah. What well, about my third one now? Music. Music. Oh. Probably the Grateful Dead. I, oh, I, that oh, okay. would be really cool. 
Were you a deadhead? Not really. Actually, no, I, I was not a deadhead at all, but I've become to appreciate uh, the, uh, the Grateful Dead. Okay. The later in life. What, what, what did you appreciate about them? Uh, I, I think the, I probably listened to the song if I had a million dollars, like twice a day, every day. Really? Yeah. Sometimes, you know. What is it about that really, song? It's, it's about the, uh, the caring of it, the humility of it. Mm. So you like the lyrics? I do. I really do. Okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, you, you mentioned the great – do you have a comedian, a favorite comedian? I, I really don't. Okay. I don't find a whole lot of things real funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty serious. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, all right, you play the guitar. A little bit. When you say a little bit, like you play almost every day, don't you? I, I try to play – every day but I don't uh, due to the fact I'm really tired because mm. I work a lot but I try to play every day yeah, a little bit are you playing rock country bluegrass uh, pretty much whatever okay not not the short answer but and, and I wouldn't say I'm a guitarist nothing uh, I kind of do know the uh, the neck of the guitar Okay. I would be more into understanding the guitar than playing it. And they're two different things. Yeah. What is it about the guitar that you like? It's uh, easy to take with you and easy to have. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I've got like 12 guitars. I, I enjoy collecting guitars and not expensive guitars, but it's a great hobby for somebody that's a guitarist. You ever taking lessons? I have. Yeah, it took uh, two years and maybe a year of voice lessons, yeah. What were you going to do? Was it just for hobby? Oh, just for fun. Again, I'm more about how it's done. I could probably sit here and help somebody sing better because I took lessons. That's more important to me. Mm. So if you practice really hard for the next six months, could you play in front of people? Would you want to play in front of people, I guess, is a better question. Yeah. Uh, I have to think about that question. Probably not. Yeah. No, I would never have that desire. So it's really uh, something you, you keep it's for yourself. It's kind of personal to me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, you busted your shoulder at some point. Because you, you and I were throwing a football or something. Oh, yeah, I throw a little weird. Yeah, yeah what, what was, happened? Uh, 14, I was pitching and uh, just shattered. From a, from a pitch? Pitch. I shattered an arm. From my elbow to my shoulder. What do you mean you shattered it? The bone itself? The bone just twisted and snapped. Like from my elbow to my shoulder, just twisted. Yeah. That doesn't... I've never heard of anybody... Uh, that happened to anybody no, besides they, you. they x-rayed me a lot. And uh, it, it's happened uh, a couple times in the pros. And it was generally from a cancerous lesion being on the bone. Oh. was not my case. They think I had a muscle spasm. Just like you would have a cramp. It happened right in the motion and of just, throwing the ball. It, it, it tweaked your arm. It snapped. Yeah. Was Tried it? to pitch for a couple more years. Uh, just had a lot of damage and decided just to – I did play JV baseball and uh, tried to pitch, but it was just too painful. So I turned my efforts to football. So wait a minute. When you broke your arm, you effectively – well, I'll, I'll use the term you used, shattered your, your right. upper arm. Mm -hmm. Was the pain excruciating? Like you almost passed out it was so bad? I, I passed out for about 20 minutes. Oh, you did pass I out? I passed out. I think you'd have to. Yeah, you did. Yeah. 
I mean, that that's the kind of shock to the system that comes from an extreme blow, usually. I remember grabbing it and going to the ground. Then I remember waking up. They had me laid on the bench. And then I remember leaving in every bunk because they didn't call the ambulance. They put me in a car. My mother's 70 green Torino. <laughs> and uh, the bones would rub together every time she hit a joint. Ah. But, you know, I got to the hospital, and they put the cast on me and gave me some funny medicine, and I was okay. So the next day, they had to go back and cut the cast off again because it had stopped my blood circulation because it had swollen up so bad. Mm. And, uh, again, it was uh, – I love baseball. Did you, play, you played after that? I did. I did. I played through JV ball. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's just my arm was – But your motion for the rest of your life was different, right? Oh, yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. All right, let's talk about your uh, favorite uh, pro sports team. Your your Atlanta Braves fan. Oh, yeah. What is it? Why the Braves? I don't know. It's just uh, uh, I, I was telling somebody the other day, uh, what, what year did they win the World Series? 90... 95? 95. Yeah. 95 during the World Series, uh, we had five of us guys used to go to Hatteras uh, every Halloween Mm-hmm. And we were there on the end of the Hatteras Pier fishing. And we had a little TV that took D batteries. And it was eating D batteries. We had to buy like $20 <laughs> for the batteries. And, and that was my fondest memory on the end of the pier fishing. Was that the clinching game? I, I can't remember. I really can't. But it's still a World, World Series but, game. But, uh, yeah, but I've always followed Atlanta. And, and it was good when Ted Turner had them. And it was on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, every game was TBS televised. had them, right? Yes, TBS had them every game. You know, and once I got Comcast cable, probably in '83, you know. So they they were your team because well, the Richmond Braves were near where Braves you grew up. Braves were in Richmond, yeah. yeah. And then if you drove south, the first Major League Baseball team you're going to run into back yeah. then, I think it's true even now, was going to be Atlanta, right? right. Yeah, be Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, back in the day when you were watching, who were the players? When I was growing up, it was like uh, Dale oh. Murphy and Brett Butler no. and those guys. Smoltz, Avery, and Glavin. Well, they, you know? Yeah, they dominated. Dominated. Well, and they had Maddox for a while, too. They had Maddox, yeah. That was unfair when they had Maddox. Yeah, unfair. I heard uh, that their, their rookie this year was compared to Maddox by one of the he, commentators. That, yeah, that guy can't say that. <laughs> well, that was my feeling. But, yeah, he really did. He, he said it the word. I'm like, hmm, that's a pretty good pedestal to throw somebody up on here. That, that, he, that kid didn't want to hear that or, yeah. or be told about it or anything. But, actually, I watched him pitch and uh, – He's got a lot of talent. He's not overpowered. No, 85, 87. He's a right-hander, you're telling All the balls move, uh, and he stays down in the zone. And he puts it where he wants it. Well, to be a rookie, yeah, I'm sure it's a little shaky when you, well, go out there. This was his second outing. He won his first outing. Yeah, that's crazy. So, it was very good. I cannot recall his name. but. And you're a, you're a Hawks fan, too? Uh, just because I follow Hunter. DeAndre Hunter? Yeah, from UVA, because I'm definitely a UVA fan. All right. I'm sorry. Who fan? UVA fan, who fan? Yeah, that's all whatever. good. That's good. Are they ever going to win the national championship in football? No. Why not? Academics. Mm. But they won in the basketball. Well, yeah, but it's only uh, eight of them, nine of them. Yeah, you're rotating, what, four kids off the bench yeah, and yeah. you're five starters. I told maybe. you my uh, my one of my close friends' wife was Al Groh's assistant. So right. I – Got to speak with Al Grove a few times and actually sit in his office. And we had long discussions about the academic part of it. Yeah. Did you like UVA as a kid? 
No, I didn't really follow college football. I think when I was nine, I went to a tech game because my great uncle was DPI. Right. Uh, not really. You really didn't have access to college. Notre Dame played on Saturdays. And NBC was probably carrying them back. Yeah, and you really didn't have a lot of access to watch college football on TV. Mm. Uh, uh, Because of DeAndre Hunter. So he's probably since – I'm going to say since Ralph Sampson, the best pro basketball player that's come out of UVA. Possibly the guard's pretty good. I can't recall his name. He played maybe 10 years ago. Uh, You had Corey Alexander back in the day. Yeah. But, yeah, he, I would he say he is. Pro. I think Hunter's going to mature even more. He has had two knee, you know, knee surgeries or injuries yeah. already at the pro level. But uh, I think he's if he stays healthy, yeah, he'll be he'll be very dominant in the pros. As you, you told me he dropped thirty five in the, the game yeah, that they, they lost they to lose the series. Yeah, but still, that's a, that's a lot. That's good. But they were shut down. Trey Young right. kind of opened Trey him up. Down. And really, they play three-on-three basketball, and you try to shut down the main scores, and that's the way they play the game. Yeah. So They, they actually play three-on-three three sometimes. They'll send yeah. two guys the, to the, the corners. Leagues, and, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, can I talk about the bri- you and the bridge? You're going to embarrass me. Not, not, a, not a whole lot. Let's take a break and talk about it when we come back. <laughs> for real. All right. <laughs> All right, and we're back, and we're talking about – you and the bridge that's near us right now. In fact, we can see it from where we are, right? Yeah, it would be called the Whitestone Bridge. It's basically the Route 3 bridge that goes over the Rappahannock. Yes, it is. And, and what's your relationship with that bridge? I hate it. Why do you hate it? I hate it. I, I really, I guess it's a phobia or a planes don't bother me. I could be in a two-seater plane. Uh, going fast on the water doesn't bother me. It's the height, I guess. I really can't explain it. Is it the height plus the fact that the rail on the side doesn't seem very high? That doesn't help at all. But I can also be watching TV and somebody can be standing on a cliff or a mountain and it makes me nauseous watching them. Mm. So it's kind of weird. But yeah, do so, not like the height. The so it's a, it, But it's not a complete fear of heights because you can no, fly in a two-seater bridges. Plane. Maybe I feel like I don't have any control, that the bridge is in control. I, I, I don't know. I really don't. But you've been across that bridge. Uh, I've been coming here, what's it, 28 years? Yeah. Maybe five times. And, and one time was a trip to the hospital. That's why, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> so tell, can you tell that story real quick? Oh, about the trip to the hospital? Uh-huh. Yeah, we were, uh, we, uh, were working on our house. We bought it, and I kind of got tangled up in a table saw with my thumb. And, uh... I, I was trying to get my son. He was here helping. And uh, I'm, 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 I walked in the house. I said, we need to go to the hospital. And, of course, I'm bleeding. And he starts cleaning the floor, you know. <laughs> so I had to mosey him along. But it was all fine. Went over there and they stitched the end of it up and put back what was left. If you wanted to find medical help, you had to go across the river. You, you have to go across the river to the hospital from here, yes. And But the ambulance picked you up. No, they took me. Oh, they took you. Yeah, they drove me. So you didn't have anything for the pain until nah, you got over until there. I got there. But then, yeah, they gave me a, a shot of happy medicine, and my wife accused me of flirting with a nurse. But <laughs> I don't really think that happened. I, I really don't remember. I do know coming home, we didn't know there was a bowling alley over there. And, of course, my son, he said, Dad, we need to go bowling sometimes, not thinking, you know, just 
whacked the end of my thumb off. Right. Anyhow, yeah. that's. The... So were you freaking out on the way over before you got the happy medicine? I was not thinking about the bridge that day. You were just worried about your thumb. I could care less. And I don't really have a problem riding with somebody else going over the bridge. It's just you driving? Yes, I don't like to drive over it gets my attention too. And I mean, I, and, but if I ride with somebody else, I look down at the floorboard. I don't look around. No sightseeing for Bob going across the bridge. You know, like, oh, look at all the boats. So look at this. No, look, no, look at no, the no. sun hitting oh, the Oh, yeah. Water. That's not going to happen with Bob. Bob's looking down at the floor. So the, there's a, a woman who my family knows. I haven't seen her in years, but apparently she comes down here pretty regularly. And they have to cross that bridge. Right. Or they've got to add an extra 45 minutes to their drive kind of thing. And so they go over the bridge, and she, before they get to the bridge, they will stop, and she will get in the back floorboard there you go. of the car. I believe it. Because she doesn't want to have anything to do yeah. with visual of being on that bridge. I don't know if, if any of your listeners know the, uh it's a 301 bridge over the Potomac. It's the same thing. I'd always heard about it, but never been over it. My son and I went to the Dallas-Washington game, and, of course, when the game let out at the same time, the Washington Nationals game let out, the baseball game. Which is a nightmare. There was so much traffic. He's like, we'll just hop over on 301. Well, not thinking. I'm driving along, and I see this bridge sign. And then it starts dawning on me, this is the bridge everybody's talked about. So, of course, I came to a screeching halt and told him to come around and drive. Yeah. But didn't like that bridge either. That bridge is bigger, longer. It's yeah. higher and longer. Yeah. But it, it feels like the sides are maybe a little bit higher. Maybe so, but I don't know because I wasn't looking. I was looking at the floorboard. Well, and, and I, I, it messes me up to think about how long that bridge has been there. Yeah. It's yeah. been there a long time, right? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, at one point in my life, my mother was getting her pilot's license. So just, she decided uh, with her instructor, she rented a four-seater and was going to take uh, my son and myself flying. And I'm like, I'm good with it because I knew Jake would enjoy it. So we all met at Chesterfield Airport, and we get in the plane, and we all have headsets on. And my mother looks at the instructor and says, well, I've never flown a four-seater. He said, all you got to do is give it a little more gas. Hmm. Well, that that was okay at best, but it was fine. Yeah. Just give it a little more gas. I'm thinking, you know, okay, <laughs> whatever. So we had a nice time. You feel like you have a little more control. I guess. I don't know. It's just the bridges. Don't like them at all. I wonder if this is the the one you just mentioned, the 301 bridge and this bridge. Yeah. I wonder if they're the only two that are like yeah. that high, that narrow, and the and the rails are not high at all. I know. And, you know, and I, I think it's in disrepair. Yeah, that's what It's I'm, one of the worst bridges in Virginia as far as needing repair. <laughs> I, I don't even know how you repair it. I, I don't know. Do you just shut it down? I guess you shut it down or build a new one beside it and tear it down. I, I think they had – maybe that's the way to do it. Yeah. But, mm. you know, we, we – our bridges, we have a new drawbridge in West Point. Right. Uh, this bridge. These bridges are built to get our Navy fleet up these rivers. Yeah. That's, that's a, why they're so tall. Right. Because we don't have the barge traffic. You might have it on the uh, the York River. But we don't have the traffic that needs that kind of span under the bridge. It's to get our neighbors. Yeah, as you say, the the barges that go under there, they, would they be need, for, what, 30 feet of clearance? I, I have to think, in my mind, it's for wartime. Yeah. If you had to get a warship or something up this river. That's that's a lot of why uh, what's built in this country is built. The interstate highway system was so we could move military people. Right, right. 
Yeah, it wasn't to make uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith's family move faster uh, see, going to see Grandma. Great minds think alike, right? Sure. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you and I are borderline geniuses. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk As about we... let's talk about crabbing. Okay. Or just like the whole process from hey, I want to go eat some crabs. I have that thought. Yeah. To actually enjoying crab, picking, drinking a beer while you're doing it. Yeah. Tell me, I mean, teach me. Teach, teach me, you, teach me how to crab. crab. Well, first thing you need a crab pot. Okay. You need some bait. All right, let's talk about bait. What bait's best? Uh, best bait would be your oily fish, your menhaden, or your bunkers. Something that puts out a lot of oil. Okay. Because crabs love non, oil. They love it. The oily fish. Yeah. And uh, you bake the pots up, and really hope that the crabs come in the pots. Uh, you know, you're full ass. We call a lot of crabs. Dude, you were, you were here what uh, uh, for a week, and I had yeah, it was eighty plus. Yeah, yeah, it was last year. We caught very few. It was awful, awful. Uh, hopefully, this year will be better. I you know, I found there were small uh, small crabs uh, in the, some of the oyster bags today, which is a okay. good sign. Yeah, it's a and really good sign. Yeah, you know they shed monthly, so and they generally shed on a on a moon. So uh, even the ones in the bag, if they're two inches across now, they'd shed out three or four times. It would be a nice big crab. The number one Jimmy kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, do you eat crabs? I do. Do you pick them? I just as soon pick them and save the meat and make crab cakes. So crab cakes crab is your crab thing. Balls. Oh, yeah. I'll pick them and eat them also. What, what but, I'll do is pick and eat or pick and pile up for my wife to swoop in and, and take and half take, my pile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's why I sit beside my mother because she's allergic to iodine and she cannot eat crab meat. Mm. So, But she likes picking them. So if you sit next to her, you get a lot of crab Your mom meat. can come, out, come over here and pick crabs anytime <laughs> she wants to. As long as we're catching them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to catch them. I hope this year, I think we're going to get us a few extra crab pots this year. I mean, that's what we were talking about the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm in for two more. Okay, yeah. And we get some uh, crab pots out. And I like, like I say, we, if we go home on Sundays and go back to the grind, just bait them up good Sunday and come back Friday and see what you got. And if we got like seven plus gym, number one jimmies or even number two jimmies, yeah, I'll be it's out. Worth, yeah, it's worth uh, taking care of. And I clean them alive, which I think. Which you taught me. I, I'd, yeah. I'd never seen that. Yeah. You learned that when you were young. I learned that when I was nine, ten years old on the, uh, there was old pier beside the uh, Tappahannock Bridge. Mm. The gentleman showed me how to do it. Yeah, I was 51 when you showed me. That's the right. first time I'd done it. Because I'd done it the way that, that I'd seen everybody else do it. Well, you it, steam them. Yeah, but they have to be alive when you steam them. So you're kind of under the gun there. If you go ahead and clean them while they're alive, you can keep them in the refrigerator for 10 days before you steam them. Wow. So you can... It's a lot easier to... to oh, yeah. To, it's <laughs> a lot better picking them. It's super easy yeah. picking them. Yeah. It's not as messy. Yeah. Now, you know, it's a little hard to handle them when you're uh, cleaning them alive. Yeah. I don't. The best thing to do is get some welding gloves because they can't bite you, pinch yeah. you. Well, and the, you just take, I just generally just put my hands in there and grab at them. And if they bite me, they bite me. Well, yeah, because the bite's not that bad. As long as you don't pull back. Yeah, because that's when they cut you. That's when they cut you. They can bite down on you, but as long as you stay still, you can pry it off and you're fine. Everybody, everybody. But you're going to pull back. I was going to say, everybody's natural reaction, except for maybe Except you for my and, mother. I've seen them bite my mother, man, like on the thumb, and she won't move. She said, get him off of me. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah. She's been around crabs for a long time. a long time. 
All right, can we talk about fishing for a second? We can. So you took me out on uh, the boat next door here, yeah. and we were trying to catch some rockfish. Yeah, we did. And we didn't catch any that were uh, nah, big enough. Right, legal size. Yeah. Is rockfish fishing your favorite? Uh, nah, I enjoy it. I think for me it's more about having someone that's never done it. Mm. And that's pretty much any fishing with me. I'd rather I'd rather take someone and, and, and let them catch the fish and have a good time. Yeah. I've caught a lot of fish in my lifetime. You caught rockfish off the dock out here, I did right? last October. Caught some big ones. That's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. They shouldn't be up in here. Uh, th- no, it's uh, normal. Really? It's normal. it's normal. We've had the shrimp. The shrimp all in the bay, man. That's never happened in my lifetime until two years ago. Huh. And they're up in here eating on the shrimp. So uh, what do you bait to catch rockfish? What I, do you use? When we're in the boat, we're trolling for them. Here off the pier, I use a DOA popper cork with a shrimp bait. Okay. A rubber shrimp bait. They just love shrimp. Yeah. Any fish will eat the shrimp. So why would I use shrimp every time? Because you have you only use the shrimp when the shrimp are here. Oh, uh, gotcha. You know, it's match the hatch. Otherwise, it, it, it's, it's it called, seems like it's out of place. In the fish, it's called match the hatch. Gotcha. So, so whatever's prevalent naturally. That's what you want to fish with. Okay. The only thing in this creek right now is a few minutes very few yeah they're not even in yet the water's too cold so fishing right this time of year is not great it's, it's hard because again there's nothing for them to eat they're not particularly feeding on any one thing uh but it's hard to beat a good old piece of squid and a bottom rig okay you know all right so, right on. Yeah. all right let's end with uh talking about your family because yeah. you, your grandpa talk about your your kids your wife and your and your grandkids for yeah, for, yeah. A, for a minute yeah tell us about them everybody's good uh we got uh, Carolyn and I, a blended family. We were married 18 years ago. Uh, Carolyn has a daughter and a son in Florida, South Carolina. And I have a daughter and a son here in uh, Virginia. And everybody's good. I think uh, I'm not sure it's a great time to be raising children. I think every generation says that. And every generation does say that. However, it's all about... Uh, Keeping the value straight and keeping everybody grounded. Yeah, well, I think your your family's grounded. Oh yeah, and what's okay for some people isn't okay for other people. Sure. So sometimes you got to go with the flow, because yeah. when we look at our children, sometimes we cringe as they raise grandchildren. Right. Because we didn't do it like they did it, but it's okay. Yeah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. There, there's a range of acceptable parenting, yeah. and, and, and but there's some things part. aren't acceptable, and that's the only time I would ever say anything. Yeah. But otherwise, everything's good. Yeah. Can you name all your grandkids? I can. All right. I, I'll edit this out if you can't name them all. Okay. No, you know I can't name all my grandkids. <laughs> How many grandkids do you have? Mm. Seven. It's a lot. It is. And there, there may be more more to come, uh, I understand. Possibly. Seems like a lot. Well, my, my son has four, and Carlin's daughter has three. That's, so, a, that's a lot and, of babies. They might each have one more. I don't know. Mm. It's all good. All right. Uh, the one thing that makes you the happiest. We'll end on that. The one thing that makes me the happiest. And this is a mostly a rated G podcast. Uh, well, I don't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it goes back to uh, giving somebody some knowledge 
about something they did not have. And it could be easy as you cleaning that crab that I showed you how to clean. Yeah. Makes me happy. I learned something that day. Made I, me it happy. Does. And I, I, I think that, I think if people know me would tell that, tell you that about me. Yeah. I, I, I truly, any way I can enhance anybody's life makes me really happy. Think about how great the world would be if everybody had that mindset. It would. It would. We wouldn't have wars. We wouldn't have the no. silliness that gets spewed all over the internet. Right. Yeah, that's a good thing to end on, Bobby. I appreciate you uh, coming over here and doing this, man. Not a problem. I got really a nice do. view. You got the bad view. I, t- I, set it up, I set it up so you could have so a nice I can view. Look at the water. You're, you're yeah. the guest, and Bobby. We are right on the water. We are right here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Appreciate you doing this, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.